Hello, darlings. Welcome to the fourth episode of A Court of Maladaptive Daydreamers. This season, we will be covering the entire A Court of Thorns and Roses series. Spoilers will be kept to a minimum, out of respect for those reading along for the first time. My name is Jada Mack, and tonight I'll be accompanied by my friend Cheyenne. Warning, there will be explicit language. Don't listen too loud for your co-workers to hear. Hey guys, welcome to episode four. I'm here with Cheyenne today. How are you doing? Hi. What's up, bro? Uh, stuff and things. Oh yeah, a bunch of whole bunch of nothing. I, I just, I, I just started uh, Mist and Fury today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Finally, I can't wait to get there. But we're finally getting into the good part of A Court of Thorns and Roses. In my opinion, we're finally on chapter thirty-one where things really start to pick up. SJM is super famous for making the very end of her books a complete uh, money-raining mess of amazement. So I'm happy about this. The last episode, we left off with Feyre having to return back to her mortal life with her family. And, you know, she's already sick of it. She's already tired of this shit and plotting her way out. <laughs> it was like a whopping three chapters and I was tired of their shit. It's just like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with these humans anymore. Granted, she does have a lot of money now, so she could just leave. However, Feyre is extremely loyal to this man that she has fucked one time. Listen, it, it, it was good. It was a good time. I guess. I mean, man, you face death just because you're like, yeah, you know, I really had a good time. (laughs) Chapter 31 starts us off with Feyre, Nesta, and Elaine going to the ball being held in Feyre's honor. Feyre can't help but wish to go find Tamlin, and the next morning she hears about the accident involving Claire, and she finds out that they found her cottage completely burned down because her father wanted to buy the land but claire's body was missing sus sus completely and it makes complete and total sense why she would have red flags i totally get it Feyre then informs nesta specifically that she is never to speak her name again and to not come looking for her She tells them to hire guards and run at the first sign of danger. And the family just magically seems to remember what happened at that point. Side note, I don't really understand why they just randomly started to remember. Broke the seal. I don't know. I just, it's really weird to me. But Nesta caught on quicker. It was very sudden. It it threw me for a loop for a second because I was just like, how how did this happen but i guess it's kind of the same that like with nesta because nesta you know kept herself grounded Mm -hmm. she carried around that piece of wood to remind herself that this is real remember she carried around the shard of wood from that armoire that tamlin scratched and whenever nesta tells Feyre that she's free to go and they can be more self-sufficient Feyre feels free and she actually saw this as a gift and, you know, Feyre encourages Nesta to find a better life, and hopefully she does do that. But she heads back to the Spring Court only to find that Tamlin is missing, and it is completely empty and destroyed. Chapter 32 is essentially the chapter that lets us know what the hell we've been reading for the past 31 finally. chapters. We finally get to know what actually happened here and why the masks exist finally it's time this was a long <laughs> the time, time has coming come. we read 30 chapters being confused to get to this point and we get to learn that it's all because amarantha is literally just a whiny little brat actually and she's Who also just heart. simping for tamlin yeah she, she's just a, she's just a little simp she, she's oh <gasps> Amarantha's an incel. <gasps> Ew. 
I mean, it makes the most sense. She's got like a mommy daddy kink problem trying to tell everyone what to do. And Favor comes to the spring court to find that Alice is the only one left and she is tattered and extremely distraught. And Listen, Alice, we, we stand Alice here. Like, Alice is the only one that's really, I feel like, capable of taking care of themselves. I feel like she's capable of taking care of business. Dead chicken, my sagging ass. That's my favorite quote from her. Just wanted to put that out there. But she finally... It's my sagging ass. Remember, that's what she said. But, you know, she tells Feyre about Amarantha's history and that the blight really isn't real. And it's actually all just the curse. What do you mean the blight was fake and it was Amarantha the whole time? Yeah, the blight was fake. And they made it up because that's the only way that they could basically tell her any inkling of what the hell was going on. Okay, and um, this is my thing. Okay, Feyre finds out that the night of the masquerade was thrown by Amarantha, right? So that they would wear their masks in order to honor him. Okay, beautiful. False. Actually, it's the night that they all get their masks stuck on. So that's what happened 49 years ago, and I believe that is also when Alice lost her sister and her brother. Also, Amarantha is old as fuck because she fought in the human versus fey war, and that's as old as Tamlin's parents. Not that we really care about age here, as long as it's of consenting age, because we kind of do be simping for like 500-year-old people, which is part of the thrill of of smutty fadum i guess but this is, is weird is, is that the thrill of phase is that they're, they're ancient not really i mean i don't <laughs> think so but in a way it's there's some allure to it maybe but amarantha they know had, what they're doing they have many oh, wow. many years experience many, and many years they're really hot forever so those are two really good things but sorry Amarantha has <laughs> lusted for Tamlin for 49 years. Feyre hasn't even been alive for this amount of time. And it's she's been waiting 49 years for her opportunity to use him. Also, Amarantha is the one that hurt Lucian's eye and ripped it out. That's pretty bad, right? That actually happened before the masquerade. Sorry. Don't you love the idea of, hey, I want you to fall in love with me, so let me mutilate your bestie. What the That'll fuck? That'll help. That doesn't make her hot. That wouldn't make anyone hot. If someone came up behind you and was like, you know what? I think I'm going to like slash your kneecap. I'd be like, you know, I just don't feel like fucking right Remember now. Remember last episode when I made the comment about fear fucking? This, this is a whole new level. This is not what I meant. This is like not even fear fucking. This is what the fuck fucking. Okay. <laughs> this is what the fuck fucking. What the fucking. What the fucking? <laughs> what the fucking? Yeah. This explains why Lucian told Rasand Feyre was his lover, though, and not Tamlin's, because they were trying to hide that they wanted Feyre to break the curse with Tamlin. However, I just want to put this out there. Was the whole relationship with Feyre and Tamlin a lie? Because it had to start out as a lie. But I think the fact that he sent her back means that, okay, he really did care about her because he had three days left, but he still sent her back. She could have said, I love you back in those three days. That's what I don't understand. I feel like, I, I feel, so it's kind of one of those, like, the tell as old as time types thing yeah. where you've got this fated love that's supposed to happen. And I feel like it definitely probably started off with this, Less Tamlin loved her and more Tamlin loved the idea of her. Um, of taking the mask off. He loved the idea of the mask getting taken off. <laughs> Wouldn't we he's all, like, though? I really, really want to wash my face. <laughs> Let's just fuck already. I don't know. So I feel I like after 49 years, I wouldn't want to take it off because God knows what it looks like under there. I mean, they're Faye, though, so he's fine. Feyre was the perfect mix. She was a human who hated fairies. She killed one of Tamlin's men, which was also on the checklist, fell in love with him, which was also on the checklist, 
and she also couldn't see his face due to the mask. All of this was a very sick plan, and I just want to say women are a little bit specific. Women are petty. Okay, I didn't want to go there because I don't want our viewer <laughs> listeners to be like, wow, they hate women. I am a woman. I know how it is. And when I seek revenge... I know how we work. And when I seek revenge, I think every single thing through. Okay? Nothing is just spur. Petty. Yeah. Calculating. It's calculating. Intense. Like cats. Like snakes. Like cats and snakes. Finally, she knows. So that's good. And she decides... Um, I think I'm going to go under the mountain now because the guilt started to obviously eat at her because her human friend has now been captured in her belief. And also, if she would have just said, I love you back, none of this would have happened. Things would have been completely fine. It's always simple. Is it though? It's always so simple. Is it simple? It's every, every fix for any type of fairy loopholes though. Curse. There's so it, many there's, loopholes. There's, there's always loopholes, but the it's always such a simple fix. What it's always fuck, something though? simple like, oh, just true love's kiss or just say I love you back. It's it's always something so simple and it it hurts. Okay, but it hurts me that the checklist for her to be the one that's the right one is like be a human, hate fairies, kill a specific man, love with mask on. I'm, uh, I can't remember how, how many years in was it that Tamlin stopped sending them out? It was, it was not that It wasn't that, that long in. Well, that's why Rasand in the previous episode had made all of those comments saying, if you would have got off your ass and done something, maybe things will be different. Shame to see things go south when things are finally getting interesting. So, I mean, everyone was literally under this, this nasty, <laughs> dank mountain while Tamla was like, you know, morally, I just don't really feel like like sending, you know, this just doesn't really feel right. I think I'm just going to chill for a little bit. I hope you guys understand. Tamlin, what the freak, man? Tampon energy right now. He should have been trying to figure a way out of this. I don't care how scared you are. Morally gray, you need to be a little bit more morally gray, at least to send your men out so that they can die. So everyone else in the whole universe doesn't die. There's more at stake here. And they're willing to die. They were willing to go. They saw it as an honor. So, anyways, I'm a little pissed at Tamlin at this point. <sighs> so, chapter 33 has Feyre heading, you know, under the mountain. And she knows that she could potentially be headed to her death. She has her bow strapped to her, even though none of them are ash arrows. Feyre's heart is heavy, knowing Tamlin just let her go to save her. So, regret is definitely heavy and I think a part of her believes that if she just goes up in there and says you know I love you that you know whoever this Amarantha she, person she is she fully had the uh the little fairy tale books in mind she was uh, just like I'm just gonna scroll up in there and be like I love you too and everything's gonna break and it's gonna be like beauty and the beast and no she had no, no idea and no she didn't know what she was getting herself into this no, poor girl. She honestly, to me, she sounds a little mentally ill, but also she's entering her hero arc. So that's also a part of it. I don't know. Whatever. So we have favorite coming into the mountain uh, and everything's, you know, seems to be going good. Like she's kind of, you know, getting her bearings and she finds the little entrance and then bam, right directly into the a tour is it Adder? A tour? I don't know. I How think the fuck of like do you pronounce it? I think of a giant oaf man. That's what I think That's, of. That's that that okay. I I mean giant oaf man does not tell me how to pronounce this word. They have pointy but, teeth. It's a fat um what is it called? Oh my gosh. I can't think right now. I literally <laughs> forgot what it was called. Oh, the cereal. I think of it as like a ah, bigger surreal with more moxie to it. Okay. I believe it is pronounced Ator. That's how they read Ator. it in the book. Yeah. Okay. The Ator. 
finds her and is just like, ooh going to take to the lady. The lady's going to have a fun time with this little pest. Uh, and so, yeah, <laughs> she gets dragged into this throne room and tossed in front of the, the one, the only Amarantha, who is... Not very pretty. Not, yeah. Feyre I mean, that she's not beautiful, but a permanent sneer sits on her face. Yeah, it's like, mm, maybe there's a reason why Tamlin doesn't like you. Maybe there's mm. a reason no one wants to smash you. So you had to make mm. this evil playground with bad music <laughs> and the lighting is dark because you're a little bit ugly. That's all I'm saying. But, and Tamlin has also, no reaction. Like yeah, so, like, Tamlin, you know, is just kind of sitting there, and he looks at her, and there's no response. And at first, I was kind of curious as to whether or not, like, he had already been broken. Yeah, like, mentally shattered, uh, potentially. Yeah, which, I mean, to be fair, I probably would be, too, if mm -hmm. I knew that I gave my only chance at saving my people uh, away three days before the due date. Uh, that that would break me mentally. I turned in the uh, assignment <laughs> too early, and now I can't change the wrong answers. <laughs> I turned in the assignment too early and was just like, mm. Now the whole class is on fire. I definitely misread that question. <laughs> yeah. uh, it wakes you up in the middle of the night and you're like, oh my God, that was wrong. Your eyes fully God, open. It, it has been nearly 10 years since I have graduated, since I have had to do sort of schoolwork and I still wake up thinking I forgot to turn in homework. I'm in college now and I can attest I still feel this way. And I do have these moments, and I did check, and I had missed something, but it was fine because I had one more day left. So I started writing all my assignments down as due three days beforehand. I am basically Tamlin, actually. Ew. Ew. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Anyways. I, I love I love Feyre's moxie, though, because Feyre shows up, even though she's a human, I imagine her to be a eensy tiny little bitty dog and then Amarantha to be like a big like woof woof bloodhound and she's just like bark and then Amarantha's like oh I'll tear your head off now but she shows up and she's like I'm here for the one that I love I am here for Bassy Tamlin snap. yes I'm here for Tamlin the high lord I mean, my lord my high, yeah, my lord. Also, though, mm. her bowels do get watery here. <laughs> I want to keep a tally on every time that Farah has an IBS episode, and SJM writes, my bowels turned watery with fear. There's a TikTok filter right now about Sarah J. Mass where you can hold it up to your face, and it will tell you which overused uh, phrase she has in her books that you are. And guess which one I got? watery bowels so watery bowels thank you internet for entertaining me endlessly with things that i truly terribly don't need getting back to it uh amarantha taunts tamlin about convincing a human to love him and then she shows Farah claire's body tormented and nailed up on the wall she has passed away and Feyre, I would hope so. Uh, the, the way they describe this poor body it took a while. It, it, they they put a lot. Sarah put a lot of detail into yeah. this corpse. The fingers freak me out. The, there's a, I mean, you know, but she's got to make the picture in your brain. So she succeeded. I think one she, of the reasons she definitely she's, succeeded. I, I think one reason that Sarah J. Mass has done so well is because of her descriptions. I really do. Yeah. Even when they're bad. She, ha she has a very descriptive writing style. She does. I can and appreciate it's, that. It's nice. She'll never there, There's only a few authors that I know that have done that successfully. I'm trying. I'm writing my little book and I'm trying. And actually, it takes a lot <laughs> of time. As you know, as I know, as the whole world knows. <laughs> also, we are at 99.9K on that one silly little stupid meme that we posted on our Instagram reels. So... It's edging me. <laughs> we hit a hundred. Oh my K. god! Yes, I feel good about that. Thank you, thank you, viewers and people that shared that. I'm glad that's something I did within reading like the what was it like the first ten chapters. 
I yeah, made that we had the first no, episode. Didn't it I? was the first episode. We had nothing to work with. I was like, what was this I knew nothing something about this series except for the fact that just every every five seconds, I felt like Feyre was stealing a knife from somewhere. She was, but the 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 end of this chapter, Amarantha tells Feyre that she will complete three tasks on the full moon for the next three months. And while she's here, she will also have to do housework and household chores to earn her keep. And then she can leave with Tamlin. Also, there will be a riddle, and she has to solve the riddle as well. And then she can just take him and and go. She says, like, like it's no big deal. And also, Feyre gets the absolute shit beaten out of her by the three adders that drag her to her cell. Yeah. And they also still have this masks was a, on. Uh, <laughs> that, that was so, it was such a rude thing for Amarantha to do. She's just like, yeah, I'm going to make you do all these things, but let me beat the absolute shit out of you first. I mean, she's not going to give her a leg up on, you know, getting this done. And also Amarantha's name means unfading. So she's just kind of an unbearable person. I would like to just enter this in. <laughs> Tamlin does nothing and doesn't even hardly look at her but one time when she's agreeing. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Tell it's, me. It's just mate. <laughs> mate? What are you talking about? The phrase I got is just mate. <laughs> the what? <laughs> mate. It's just mate. Yeah, mate. That's a... That's the overused phrase I got. Oh, I get it now. You're talking about the TikTok thing. I was like, dude, what are you talking... You're going to have to fill me in. Like, I'm I'm, I'm reaching here. You got mate, so that's your overused phrase. Mate. Oh, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I like that word. It is. It was weird at the beginning because I kept reading and I was like, this feels kind of twilighty a little bit. But I mean, whatever. In the book, I'm also reading a blood from Blood and Ash. They don't use the word mate. They actually use a totally different word for that. And I kind of appreciated that. I want to cover that series. Side note, though. Well, I'm Watery Bows and your mate. So nice to meet you. Together, we make an awful, awful team because that's a You're bad. You're the mate of Watery Bows. Mm hmm. Should I just title this episode that? Yet again, I think it was kind of hot, though. But mates are optional, though. When I read mate, I read it in, like, Aussie. Mate, good eye. <laughs> what? Why? Good mate. None of these people are Australian, I don't think. Well, I mean, none of them in the library. How do we know? Because in the read-through on the audio, the graphic audiobooks, none of them are Australian. Everyone talks like... Almost a transatlantic accent, which I think is really interesting. Well, that's because that's who the the audio the audiobook person is. There's seven of them because they're all voiced by different actors and they all have the same accent. But when I do audio stuff, I do try to have more of a transatlantic accent. I'm not gonna talk like this, Cheyenne. That's for our personal phone calls. I would speak more in a tone that soothes the ear. So yeah, okay, all right. I don't know. I, I like I like hearing the the thick accent sometimes. Really, you like hearing my thick accent? Uh, yeah, I could I could picture Lucian with a like a thick <gasps> Australian accent. No, I could see him with a Western accent. Like you know, he's tan and he's got his red hair and his cowboy hat on. He's like, "Hey, darling, how are you doing today?" <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Whatever. That sounded weird. I read everyone from like the the fairy love and whore lady and all of them. Everybody from from the village. Every single one of them's got a country hick accent. Really, I kind of did too. Every single one of them. I kind of did. I mean, that's just the energy they were giving off. Like we okay, listeners. Cheyenne and I went to a Western bar this weekend for my birthday. I turned twenty five, and we went to Coyote <laughs> Joe's. And who oh boy? Yes. Uh, that's in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's kind of close to where we live. And every time I would go anywhere in there, it was very drawn out, very thick country accents. And I also, 
Uh, yeah, we tried to line dance, and it was okay. And then, fun fact, Cheyenne looked up another club, and it was a... We didn't know it until we got in there, but it was a Latin club, and that one was a lot more fun. <laughs> that was... I actually I still had a good time. <laughs> still have no idea how in the world we ended up there when it literally said nothing on the Google about being a Latin club. Yeah, I've, I was... I felt so white. Yeah. So um, white. My boyfriend fit in well, but... Uh, I felt a little silly because I didn't know a lot of their dances, but everyone was very nice, and I think, I think the culture was beautiful. I just had a really good time, but it was a lot more fun than the country. The literally, Cody Joe's had the same energy of fairy love and whores, you know, because we look a little <laughs> alternative. One could say, at least you know, a couple of people in our group did. And I feel like there were some fairy love and whore looks in real life. <laughs> there really were. If we had put a phone in one of our back pockets, I feel like, uh, I feel like we would have had a really funny TikTok to post. Turn back, and all I see is like this tiny little foosh of white as you're like walking into the bathroom, and I'm like, I have no idea where anyone else is. Last I heard, somebody was upstairs, so we go upstairs, and I hit the top of the stairs. And everyone that looks at me is just like, the hell are you doing here? And I'm just yeah. like, I don't know what I'm doing here. And I ran. Oh, my God. Did you really? I'm so sorry. Robert was just like, let's just let's go back downstairs. And so we went downstairs. And um, then, yeah, he, 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 he was just like, ah, I see Aaron. Let's go to him. And I was just like, OK. And he ran. Safe, safe space. Safe he ran. Space. He left me behind. My <laughs> short little legs were not keeping up. And I was just like, I am walking through this country bar. I don't know where I Country am. Home, I don't fit here. Take me home to the place <laughs> I belong. I don't belong. West Virginia. <laughs> Mama. Yeah, it's okay. I love that you came. Thank you for coming. But, however, I honestly... You know, I, I, felt, I felt like Farah in, uh, in the jail cell. Uh, and, and you were Lucian coming to save me. <laughs> You, you you came out of that bathroom and I was just like, Savior. I'm here for you, baby girl. Don't worry. I'm so hot. <laughs> I I know that Feyre got a lot of judgment, though, going under the mountain. I know this was hard. This was very embarrassing. She's the only one of her race in there. They are looking at her. They think she's gross. And, and they also now are making fun of Tamlin because he fucked the human, which is gross to them. But also that fuck could have saved everyone. So I don't know why everyone was being so rude to her because she's the only chance of getting out of here. I don't see anybody else putting their little hiney on the end like this. That's all I'm saying. I, I mean, to be fair, though, as far as they're aware, she failed her duties. Oh, that's true. In this like, chapter, she yeah. Showed, she shows up. Like, yeah, I'm going to fix things. They're like, bitch, you're the reason we're here now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. You had a chance. I you recoil. had a, You had weeks. You had months. You had your chance. You, you very love chance. and whore. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 35 opens up with Feyre awakening in her cell being badly hurt. Lucian comes to aid her in a way, but he also can't really help her completely because if he gets caught helping her, he would probably most likely die. And we already know that the wrath of Amarantha to Lucian specifically is very bad. She loves to uh, dismantle. I want to know what that poor man did to her. I think like he's getting the butt of it and it's not even ginger. his fault. It's because he's a ginger. Okay. <laughs> He's a ginger yeah, and he right. has mommy problems. So this just screams, Amarantha, beat me with a stick, please. <laughs> um, Lucian drops to the ground to see her as, you know, they talk more. Feyre does break down, telling him she knows how stupid this is, but Lucian is relieved that at least they don't have to lie to her anymore. And Feyre's nose is broken. So when Lucian is healing her, he does set her nose and tells her, you will be as pretty and pert as before. It's okay. 
Feyre can breathe again after she passes out and wakes up again. And then Feyre gets taken back to the throne room, dragged back to the throne room. And, <laughs> and like, taken back. Sorry. <laughs> taken, dragged. There's you a know. big difference here. They're actually mutilating you, beating you, and slinging you around like a little hacky sack. So let me put that in there. Little human hacky sack. Human hacky sack Feyre. This is so sad. Amarantha asks for her name, and Feyre hesitates. She doesn't want to give them any more information than they already know because she just wants to kind of keep her head down in a way and try to beat this so she can live. But, oh, <laughs> Rissand appears and stops, you know, really close to Feyre. And he Your bias is showing. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if we hate him at this point. I think he's just the way. Okay, this is going to be the moment that I finally talk about this. The way that Sarah J. Mass describes Rasand is just delightful. It's kind. It, this is what it feels like to me. I'm eating ice cream. I'm finally in the center of the ice cream cone that has the chocolate inside. That's the best part of the ice cream cone. I love him. I loved him from day one. I don't care how bad he is because you know what? That's my type. You know that song that's like, I'm a man who has very specific types. I got to make a TikTok for that for a sand, but... I like him when he's morally gray, and I like him now because his character is interesting. His character is beautiful, but also evokes strong emotion in Feyre. I love his character because he also makes Feyre want to paint him, but she's also afraid to paint him because his sheer lethal beauty is so captivating. And that description to me is way better than blonde hair hunk guy sorry that's my type my type is pretty eye dark haired guys kind of you know morally gray that's what i like Dan. yeah that's what i like that's what i'm dating oh you're so into morally gray guys as we <laughs> as we know about my past dating the pinnacle golden retriever puppy okay but i will say this my current relationship he is not very morally gray at all, but um, he, exactly golden pup, golden retriever puppy. He is, but he also is very alpha in a respectful way, and I do like that. I don't like beta behavior. It. I'm a very intense person. I'm an Aries, and I am dating a Leo. You know, so those are two very intense people, and we both talked about how whenever we have dated water signs and stuff. I don't listeners. If you don't believe in this pinata manata, this is, this is our podcast. So I'm going to talk about it, but I, <laughs> it just works so much better because I'm not overshadowing someone and I'm not always worried about, you know, being too much because my partner is just as much as I am. Okay. When not to sound egotistical, but we are very, intense people i'm not saying we're better than everybody else god no i love a i love a calm quiet person trust me i do that's that's who i seek out as friends but chaos is my middle name so and all right that's my resand rant thank you (laughs) i feel so thank you for coming to my resand talk (laughs) thank you so much and later on in the books my favorite character transfers a little bit to cassian Um, And that is exactly who my boyfriend is. So, however, getting back to the story, Rhysand appears and Amarantha asks him to hurt Lucian, of course. So, what does Rhysand do? He he does, almost, but Feyre blurts out her name because obviously, beat me with a stick, Lucian over here. She cares about Lucian and she doesn't want that to happen to him. So, also, I want to talk about how Amarantha, where Sand, you know, says to Amarantha, trying to compliment her, that all humans look the same to him, but her face was a work of art amongst mundane faces. Oh, man. 
Man knows how to play him. Well, Farah notes in this chapter that if she wasn't in the situation she was in and in so much pain, she would have laughed at him. So that makes me think that it didn't sound very realistic. Oh, it sounded 100% like how it sounds it sounded. I mean, what kind of compliment is that? Your face is but a work of art amongst all these mundane like no, I no, feel like you no. just he insulted was, he me. He was being <laughs> such a smart. Ass. Yeah, it, it's one of those things. Like you picture him like doing the little half bow thing during it. It's just. Mm-hmm. But she liked it. She eats that shit up. She's a simp for the most beautiful dark high lord ever to exist. Of course, of course. And Rissand has some of his powers, but no one else does. So clearly, his little whatever. Whatever, yeah, favoritism, whatever agreement. Like I said, he knows how to play this. He he, he rules. He says he, he has to... his reasons, so I guess. But is it willing? Is this a willing participant in sharing a bed with this woman? I don't, I don't know. And also, he picks lint off of his jackets all the time because he probably never feels clean because he's always being used. The whenever I think of it, I think of it as a um, like, have you ever seen somebody just being like extremely bored and they just like start like messing with their nails, like picking their nails? Me all the time. And like cleaning them and shit. Like that's the type of shit you do when you are so bored with someone. And it's just like, yeah, I'd rather be doing literally anything else, which is why I'm sitting here messing with my nails talking to you because, yeah, you're so entertaining. Oh, yeah. Such a high queen. Oh, yes, you're so beautiful. Ew, yeah, okay. Maybe like, that, right. that, That's how I picture him. He's okay. a fucking smartass. That makes complete sense. Also, <laughs> Tamlin will still not look at her. He will still not look at Feyre, even in this chapter, even when she is before him yet again, and she looks towards him. Yeah, I mean, a look is probably enough to make Amarantha fucking kill her, snap yeah, her fingers and end her life. That's true. I would like to read the riddle that Amarantha gives Feyre, though. I thought this was interesting. Here it is. There are those who seek me a lifetime, but we never meet. And those I kiss, but who trample me beneath ungrateful feet. At times, I seem to favor the clever and the fair. But I bless all those who are brave enough to dare. By large, my ministrations are soft-handed and sweet. But scorned, I become a difficult beast to defeat. For though each of my strikes lands a powerful blow, when I kill, I do it slow. That sounded like a creepy children's so book. So how, how, how quickly did you get the riddle? I still don't did get the riddle. Did you figure it out? No, and I still don't really understand. You don't? The no. moment I read it, I was like, there ain't no way in hell this is what I think it is. What did you think it like, was? Like, there's no way it's that simple. And it is. I, I was right. What do you think it is? I'm not spoiling. All right, fine. Okay. Chapter 36 presents us with the first of the three trials. Woo. She is dragged from, <laughs> She is dragged from her cell and met with this gross dirty muddy trench that i love how the ator just kind of like shoved her in there and was just like ah, i gotcha and then like snatched her up like that, that's just rude it stinks also like a, a very easy way to just like dislocate someone's shoulder they don't care about her they want her to freaking break oh, her bones obviously. on this episode of <laughs> just, wwe just smackdown <laughs> feyra versus Wait, what was it? The, the Great Alaskan Bullworm. Isn't that what it's called? Yes, <laughs> that's what everyone laughs about during this chapter. That the worm is really described as a giant creature with rows and rows of sharp, jagged teeth. But everyone, for some reason, thinks of the SpongeBob episode where for some reason that's literally what the alaskan bullworm looked like but if you google these teeth that is true but if you actually googled the worm from the akatar series it's frightening it doesn't look like the spongebob one but i did read it like the spongebob one 
I was. Just I like, like how I just typed in Akatar Worm and it's just a bunch of pictures of the Alaskan bull worm. Are you serious? Oh, and uh, there's uh, what is it, Heidi? The the girl who does the extreme Halloween parties. Oh, I don't remember her name. Yeah, Heidi Klum. Yeah, her uh, her worm costume. Oh my god! I oh, it's yeah. that it's that and pictures of the Alaskan bull worm. Wow. Well, that's an easy Akatar costume, people. So enjoy i hope that's what you take away from this uh chapter i'm just kidding but she's she is thrown in there and the slithering worm with rings of razor sharp teeth is you know coming to get her and amarantha simply says run and you know that meme where it's like run dude we gotta do that for this and put the alaskan bullworm like going really quickly and just put like Feyre and then the Alaskan bullroom. Bullroom. The entire room is taken up by the worm. Okay, that's going to be our meme for this week. Cheyenne, take it away. I'm on it. I love it. So Feyre does her best to survive going in and out of smaller areas in the walls. And she falls on a broken bone and it hurts her very badly. But her adrenaline is so high she decides to make an attempt to leave. She has been running and fighting with this thing for quite some time, and she's getting really tired. And she also probably hasn't eaten a lot either. So she decides to try and make a ladder with these bones. And, you know, she's halfway up, and she turns around and she decides, wait a minute, this thing can't see. And she starts to... (laughs) roll around on the ground rubs it in her hair on her face everywhere but her eyes so that the creature can't smell her right and then she starts to make a trap where she's setting up all these severed bones on the ground so that the worm (laughs) will go over it and stake itself in the heart basically stay yeah uh the entire time that she was like describing the trap that like is being made all i'm picturing is as it's just like crawling across and i was just like oh yeah that's kind of it hurt painful it hurt to me physically well she's got this bum arm now that's like bleeding and nasty because she's in a pit of like basically sewage she takes the bone that she needs to you know make the ladder and she you know can't break it with her arms obviously but she does break it with her foot. She steps and cracks it. And people above her start asking, what is she doing? And guess who answers? Rissand. He chimes in proudly that she's making a trap and she just became invisible. Farah gives him an obscene gesture and gets ready to kill the creature. Then she cuts herself on purpose. Cut my life into pieces. <laughs> This is my last this resort. This is my last resort. Suffocation. Okay. No breathing. <laughs> Don't give a fuck <laughs> if I cut my arm bleeding. <laughs> okay, yep. So she cuts herself to lure the worm and it works. And lo and behold, she kills it. She climbs dun, her way out. Dun, dun. Right? She climbs her way out. This is my favorite part. And walks towards Amarantha, shaking with rage. And Feyre hurls the bone at her as it splatters mud on her white dress. First off, why is she wearing a white dress while she is watching sewage WWE Smackdown? Because how else do you stand out? Oh my god. And and show off. No shit. You think she's narcissistic? A little bit. It's not covert just, narcissism. Just a little bit. It's severe narcissism at this point. I guess she it's owns not, some bleach. Just a little bit. I mean, how did they just like get a pit down there for this? Did they it's kind of like a race car track. You know how people do that? <laughs> so then Amarantha shows her that the court bet that she would die. Everyone was betting that she was going to die tonight. But only one person said that she was going to live. Also, Lucian helped her by yelling whenever the worm was coming after her to go to the left. And that was really risky. He just, he doesn't care if he dies, I feel like. He's like, yeah, this is my buddy. I'm going to keep helping her. Um, Might actually low-key kind of love her a little bit. I don't know. In another another life. Oh, my God. 
I know, right? Eh, well. Chapter 37 starts with Feyre sitting in her cell covered in filth. And she's also extremely sick with a fever from her festering arm wound. Feyre knew that she would die soon. And she was counting on maybe Lucian coming to save her or help her or really anything good to happen here. But Rassand appears from the darkness and tells her what a sorry state for Tamlin's champion to be in. Rassand takes note of the fever that she's gotten and becomes concerned, and Feyre tells him to get away from her and spits at him. He tells her that he's here to repay the favor because of all the money that she helped him acquire from betting that she would live. <laughs> so Rassand was the only one that betted for Feyre to live. I wonder if that tally included Tamlin. But then again, I don't think he got to bet. You don't think so? No. Okay. He had his betting privileges taken away, but I feel like he, but did that mean Lucian also betted against her? No, I think it means that no one worth a damn was allowed to bet. So is it like the voting in the United States? Kind of like, you know how it's a little (laughs) bit rigged? Is that what you're telling me? Probably. It's always. No, you know, damn well, it was a mixture for her, her little court people. Yeah, her little nasty It was an inside thing. Yeah, wow, whatever. It'd be like a little inside joke. Rasand forces her to show him her wounds, and they banter back and forth until he presents her with a trade. He says, I'll heal your arm in exchange for you for two weeks every month, two weeks of my choosing. You'll live with me at the night court, starting after this messy three trials business. Granted, Feyre probably thinks that the Night Court is full of violence and a horrible, horrible place because that's all she's been told. So, sure, this probably sounds really bad. And also, someone kind of buying you so that you don't die is also kind of bad. But, you know, Feyre refuses and spits at his feet again. Finally, Rasan gets annoyed, and he tells Feyre about Lucian getting 20 lashes from Tamlin because of the help that he lended Feyre earlier. So Amarantha made Tamlin beat Lucian, all because he yelled to the left during her first trial. Lucian this is... poor man. I know. Lucian's gotten it That's what I'm saying, man. Beat me with the stick, Lucian. That's exactly what this is. See, this is why Tamlin stayed quiet. This is watching Lucian do all the dumb shit for him. Wow. I mean, a homie gotta do what a homie gotta do. I would do it for you. You know, I'd be like, well, gonna get my ass beat, but I'm saving my friend. I know it's bad, but I don't give a damn. I can make a song. (laughs) I don't know what just happened. (laughs) So, Rissan tells her that she is dying, but she still says go to hell. (laughs) Feyre also, I want to add in, doesn't really believe in the cauldron, so she's kind of like super atheist, so she's not really afraid to die, I feel like, a little bit, partially. So, we know she's not religious, so she's like, fine, this will be over, bye. Like, that's so bad. But I could kind of see where she's coming from. Rissand ends up grabbing her arm and twists it aggressively, <laughs> causing her to feel severe pain where the bone was lodged in her arm. <laughs> ah, I don't love that he did this, but if your buddy is dying, Cheyenne, if you were dying with a bone stuck mm-hmm. in your leg and you were like, no, I won't do any, no, don't save me. I don't even care. Um, just leave me to die. I would probably grab your little wound and smack it and be like, listen, bitch, you're running out of time and I need you to agree so that I don't lose you. So it kind of was an act of love, but also it was an act of... Is it? I don't know. I'm mentally... If it was an act of love, you would just help. Oh. When make it a... (laughs) (laughs) This isn't like a, hey, let me help you. No, I don't want your help. Listen here, you dumb bitch. No, it's a, hey... Let me help you. I'm here to help Give you. yourself to me for half of your life. Maybe he had his reasons, though. Half of your life. 
Okay, that's give all... it to me. You know, I didn't think, and I will help me. you. Oh, you don't want to accept my extreme. But it's fairy law, Cheyenne. <laughs> fairy law is you have to like make bargains. You but, don't but do to make you, bargains. But do you? Because Lucian literally came in there and helped her price free, fixed her nose for fun. Exactly. Okay. You know, maybe he did that. I don't know. Whatever. Well, Sans a dick. Okay. All right, fine. You got me to admit in chapter 37, at this moment, Rusand is being naughty. Up until this point, Rusand has been nothing but a dick. Maybe I'm just sick, okay? Like. <laughs> also, also, uh, like last episode, I think it was, you, you made the comment about how Rusand did all this stuff because, you know, she's watching. Well, why wasn't she watching whenever he was sitting there helping her, huh? Huh? <laughs> You're right. No, it sounds to me like Rosanne's just a dick. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. But I agree with you. Actually, hearing your perspective has really opened my eyes to why people hate him in this first chapter. I yes, think- there is a... Listen, listen. We okay. had this talk. I we know, had this talk on I Saturday. I like understand Rosanne because I am Rosanne. <laughs> Rosanne is a dick. Is that why we flirt so much? He's a toxic little shithead. Yeah, but you're a wonderful friend. I'm a toxic little shithead. I feel like we've always had good interaction to, you know, as good as normal people are. You're a wonderful friend. But I'm also aware that I am a toxic piece of shit. And I'm also aware that Rosanne is a toxic piece of shit. Yeah, but at least you work on Oh, that's why you like (laughs) That's why I like him. I'm attracted to interesting things. So maybe that's why I'm... Attracted to Rasan because he's interesting. But, but let's let's put it on that, okay? But uh, let's let's just yeah, that makes me feel better. But Feyre, <laughs> you are Rasan. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man, this took a turn. Um, Feyre changes her mind for the sake of saving Tamlin. You know, gotta save Tamlin. Better help Tamlin. Never me. Huh, little old me, just let me die. Wait, Tamlin might need help. <laughs> I'll live. Okay, Feyre, you need to get your you need to get yourself together. Okay, but Feyre bargains for just a week. We have never fucked, but I would do this for you. They fucked okay. one time. They fucked one time. Okay. What did I just say? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, you and me? Oh, well, of course we haven't. Yes. I was like, huh? <laughs> me and you. Oh no, we've we've simply never done that. We 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 get ice cream and talk about stuff, and we go places. We've been on vacations, but yeah, yeah, we've yeah. never. We've, it's uh, it's it's called you know spending a long time together and coming to like someone. Yeah, like you know you you become friends. Yeah, like, that doesn't mean you have to fuck someone in order to save their life. That's so and true. Their people. You're right. I would save your life. I would do this for you. But I would also want to save my own life, too. Feyre is forgetting that she matters, in a way. She's so caught up in, I'm unworthy and I'm immortal, and she's forgetting that, oh, wait, I could save okay, myself listen. for myself, though. Her self-worth is not as high as we think it is. That's my opinion. Self-worth be damned. No. Okay. If I knew that the only reason why an entire populace was doomed, okay. because I didn't say I love you, too. Yeah. I'd be, I don't care what's going to happen to me. me. I fucked up. to a secret place. <laughs> All right, Rasanne Coleman. I've, I've, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. That's Cheyenne's last name. Sorry, I just said that for the world. <laughs> Whatever. Well, they can look you up. So, I mean, it'd be like it'd be like that, okay? I'm st- I'm not Elaine. I just oh god, I'm just I'm so not Elaine. I'm so chaotic and interesting, more interesting than her. I had a actually had a, a viewer message me about oh my god, you literally said you were Elaine, and that cracked me up, and I was like. I didn't mean it, okay? Not emotionally. Please don't lump me in with her. Anyways, Feyre bargains for just a week instead of two, and he agrees. And Rasand cleans her and heals her. He snaps her. Fa- he snaps his fingers, and Feyre is clean, so she's no longer dirty, and her arm is okay. But then, 
She looks down after she wakes up to find her left arm covered in a blue-black ink with a cat eye in the middle of her palm. Rasand leaves her, and he tells her that he will wait to tell Tamlin until it's the right moment in case it enrages him. I'll take some free Listen, ink. tattoos are expensive. I will... Fuck it. I'll give Rasand a week of my life, a month, if I can get a tattoo that's like a, pretty much a full sleeve. Bruh. You don't even know what you'd be doing. I don't give a shit. Wow. Tattoos are expensive. Oh, wow. But she does say, for Tamlin, I would sell my soul. And he's also... Oh, gosh. I don't know. This was just so messy. This whole thing was messy now that I really think about it. Wow. Chapter 38, Feyre is studying the blue-black tattoo on her arm and notes that the cat eye on her palm feels like it's watching her back. She begins scrubbing the floor, struggling to get it clean, and Lucian's mother appears, the Lady of the Autumn Court. She gives her a bucket of clean water for her son's life and tells Feyre that her debt has been repaid. Feyre... I, I do love that the li- her, her son's life was worth a, a whole a bucket whole bucket of, of clean water. I know a whole bucket of clean water. Yeah, Not, they couldn't. She could have just come in there and been like, "Oh, hey, snap fingers, the floor's clean. You're good now." She would have gotten in trouble. It, it was. Would she? she? Did, I don't know anymore. After that last chapter we just talked about, my little mm-hmm. all the rules in my head got shattered, and now I'm just deeply confused. So I don't know what's real or what's right anymore. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like the lady of the Autumn Court probably looks like she belongs on a Taylor Swift album. because <laughs> She's described that she smells like chestnuts and it's just screaming roasting on an open fire of Lucian's burning body because everyone hates him. <sighs> I wonder if Lucian and his mother have spent any time together you know i feel like lucian's probably a mama's boy oh yeah of course he is his dad hates him his dad's terrible to him well i mean you can have just both of your parents hate you but i I feel like he's a mama's (laughs) boy i feel like that's why he's just so he's so lucian you can have both of your parents hate you i mean there are no limits just look at me no no don't (laughs) say that (laughs) wow um you know what? That's what a court of maladaptive daydreamers is about. It's about being really painfully honest here. So. This is therapy. Welcome. It's okay to be a Lucian Bencera. It's really okay. You can be hot and traumatized at the same time. It's 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 fine. But she does tell Feyre that her debt has been repaid, and then Feyre gets escorted to Rasan's room to pick lentils out of the fireplace ash. She's in there, and she doesn't actually know it's Rasan's room. But he comes strolling in after she's been in there for hours, and it's been exhausting. And he asks her if shame was riding her too hard over the bargain they had made. And Rasan tells Feyre they put her in here so that he could have some sport with her. First off, she hid the tattoo from the Lady of the Autumn Court. Not High Lady, because there are no High Ladies. It's just Lady. Let me put that out there. You know, to put Feyre in there so that Rasand could have sex with her or whatever, that is super weird because he's Amarantha's whore. So why does Amarantha... Why She probably doesn't know, but why would she allow her sex toy to have his own sex toys. I don't know. That just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Rasand assures Feyre that he does the things that he does because he gets bored. And he also has his reasons because Feyre starts to ask him about Claire. And he, she also asks him about Fire Knight and why he was there. Rasand told Feyre that it did indeed cost him. And then they continue their conversation and Rasan shifts into his other form with his giant bat-like wings. 
showing Feyre that this was the only magic he could use aside from his mental alchemy. And Feyre thinks to herself, this is the face of a thousand nightmares and dreams, horrific and stunning. Feyre notes that she has a hard time keeping her mouth closed around him, and she keeps asking him questions. Rosand snaps his fingers, and she is cleaned yet again. And he also threatens the guards and tells them no more household chores. And if they touch Feyre, they will take their knives and kill themselves in the heart. Feyre is already attracted to Rosand, and especially Rosand's wings. So she's simping just a little bit. And I also feel like he was so searching for a compliment by shifting into his beast form. So, so you know, we were talking about how uh, free ink and everything, but like it also like she also starts getting like, you know, decent meals and stuff. Yeah. Chapter 39. She does start to get hot meals every morning and they're actually like Rosand is, is, you know, the tattoo was worth a little more than just, you know, her life. It seems like being Rosand's little baby has some perks just a little bit. Santa sugar daddy. No more starving. So, hey, dude, that's pretty Magic good. sugar daddy. And now people aren't going to beat up on you and make you do stupid little housework. What's Tamlin doing? Hmm? Then again, Tamlin's being used right now. So let's keep our let's keep our feelings at bay about that. But are you are you going to? No, I can't anymore. It's time to be honest. Feyre gets approached by two female fairies who scrub her naked body down and then paint her. So if anyone touches her, Rasand would know. They dress her in a thin... Such a power play. Oh my god, I know! I'm thrilled. She's such a little dick. Oh wow, see we have two opposite... I'm like, I'm thrilled, and you're like, ew. <laughs> oh no, 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 I'm thrilled. Don't get me wrong, this is hot as hell. I but also, so. I'm fully aware. <laughs> you're fully aware, because that's how, yeah. He's a little shit. Rasand <laughs> Coleman... They dress her in a thin showing fabric that covers basically only her crotch. Everything else. You can see everything. Then they put makeup on her and put coal under her eyes. You can see eyes. the titties. You can see the titties. The titties are out. Feyre, just give in to it. Play the role at this point because, girl, this is how it is. They put makeup on her and they fix her hair with a lapis lazuli clip. And I did some research and the lapis lazuli is actually supposed to promote trust and trusting your inner wisdom. So, I don't know if Rosanne did that on purpose, but everything has a meaning. That's something I figured out by reading through SJM's stuff. However, they go to the throne room and he presents favor to Tamlin and Amarantha, and then he announces their bargain. <laughs> so she's presented dressed up in this little sheet of an outfit with her fresh new ink, makeup in her hair, being Rasan's pet at this point. Then Rasan forces her to drink the fairy wine. And... She gets drunk, and then... Once again, I want some of this wine. I think it's just really heightened moonshine. I know a place. We live in the South. Say no more. Oh, I've, had, I've had the real shit. The real shit can I make you really, go... really, really young. Really? <laughs> wow, well, the real shit can make you go blind. So, um, I tend to be a little bit more careful about that. However... Well, you get down the fiddling, you get down the hoe. Oh, she was in That's what I think every time she drinks is wine. I don't know why. She gets drunk. She goes back to her cell, but she doesn't really remember anything. And then Lucian pays her a visit. Lucian pays her a visit the next morning and gives her his cloak, covering up her still scandalous outfit. And he explains to Feyre that Rhysand had her dancing and sitting on his lap all night long. They argue about her taking the bargain, and Lucian explains he couldn't come to help her because he had been beaten so badly that he couldn't stand. Also, 
he tells Feyre that Tamlin isn't under a spell and is just trying to protect her. However, we are about the to... The cloak s- that he stole. The, clo- <laughs> the cloak that he stole. Yeah, okay. He's doing <laughs> the best that he can, okay? But night after night, Feyre becomes Rasan's plaything after this. And she's told to drink every night. And Rasan tells Feyre that he saved her. And by doing that, he also saved Tamlin. And that is the real riddle. Rasan just being an evil mastermind, is he making her drink to forget so that she's not as traumatized? I kind of felt like it was a, uh, it was a pity Really? Play type thing. Mm, I could see that. Like, th- this this poor chick is literally being stuck in a dark tomb, essentially, mm-hmm. for months. Yeah. Like, if, if you had the option to get out for a little bit. Yeah, but to make her drink so heavily like that, I feel like, you know, she's getting sick, okay? She's... She's sleeping all day. She's waking up. She's getting dressed. She's going in there. She drinks, and then she completely forgets. So this these these three months actually probably went by ridiculously fast for her. <laughs> and I can't help but think about the meme where it's like, "Do you feel bonita, Feyre?" And then she's like, "No, actually, I'd like some pants because she's sitting there in her little <laughs> stupid outfit, and she's like, I'm." freezing do you or do you not feel bonita no i feel naked i feel fucking naked (laughs) that's how i feel give me that wine so i can just pass out and temporarily die again later on rasand and pharaoh go to the throne room and rasand is ordered to shatter a summer court fairy's mind and the sight of Rissand actually makes this fairy piss himself because he's so afraid. Rissand does kill him, but he doesn't shatter his mind like Amarantha wanted. Actually, Rissand has mercy on this fairy for whatever reason that, you know, Amarantha thought it would be a good idea to kill him. Actually, it's because he tried to run away, and that's like a big fat no-no right now. There's no running away. Yeah, it, that, it was definitely a uh, empathy moment. Bruh, also, Feyre says this in this chapter. When I lifted my attention to Tamlin, waiting for him to look, just look at me. He did not. His focus wholly on the queen and on the male before her. Point taken. Are you really about to be jealous right now, Feyre? It do be seeming that way. Are you kidding me? You're upset because he won't look at you? He's trying to save your life. I'm actually Team Tamlin in this moment. Also, Resand wears a silver-threaded tunic one of these nights, and silver is believed to be a mirror to the soul, helping us to see ourselves as others see us. It's the color of strength, clarity, and focus. And also the color of purity, so that we may be pure to ourselves and see our strengths that we need to improve upon. I know I harp on this a lot, but I feel like Rasand is trying to have inner strength right now because he is also trapped. He is also stuck under the mountain. So, guys, we're going to end there today. And next episode, episode five, we will start on chapter 40. And we will go through chapter 40 all the way to chapter 46. And we will end the first book. And we will go right into A Court of Mist and Fury after that. So we're almost there. Things are finally heating up. There's a lot to talk about. The next episode might be a little over an hour, depending on everything that we want to decipher. But thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Cheyenne. Yeah. A wonderful, pleasurable time as always for Sand Coleman. I, <laughs> I just love you. <laughs> so, bye, bye.